that'll help me link everything up later. So we actually have our first guest in Foreign Gems, Nene. Welcome. Thank you for being part of the podcast. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, man. I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad to talk about, you know, everything to do with, you know, what you're involved in. We'll get into that. I don't want to spoil it for the guests, but yeah, Nene is involved deeply in the tech world. And I mean, so are Ola and I, so we're excited to, you know, to have this conversation and chat with you a little bit more. Um, yeah, I guess I should have introduced that we're back. Foreign Gems, back again, new episode. Yeah, Nene was looking at you when you said Foreign Gems. He has never heard the name before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pat didn't mention the name to him when yeah. he reached out. Yeah, that was a, that's a good name. That's a good name. But, Thank you. But you know you know about like what we're trying to do, what the I podcast mean, is about? I hope it'll be good to hear you read through it. Give us the rundown, man. He's, he's the man with the plan. Yeah, so if you want to know the story behind the name, the first episode okay. explains that. I will send that to you at some point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the concept is, uh, well, Mac reached out and said we should start a podcast. Mm. And it was funny enough, um, a lot of people had been talking to me about the possibility of me doing a podcast and mm. it just made sense. Oh, I was reading this book. It's actually right there. The Creative mm. Act. Mm. And one of the things it mentions is if, you know, one or two, if one person asking to do something and is not interested, it would not do it. But once two, three people start saying the same thing, that's yeah. a sign that, okay, maybe, maybe yeah. you need to do something, even yeah. if you don't believe it yourself. Yeah. So I always wanted to do that. And I've always had this mission since forever, but it became stronger when I went to Afrotech last year, mm. uh, that it should be more uh, representation for specifically black people in tech, but more generally, because there were more, there were Asians and other people at Afrotech, surprisingly. Yeah. And the reason is they don't even have conferences for other people that are not black. Yeah. So they wanted to just be part of something. Yeah. And I was like, there should be more representation for people that are not part of the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we quickly brainstormed the ideas and this was what we came up with, that we should create something that is genuine to ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. just talk about life in tech, without background. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily always going to be about diversity. Mm-hmm. It's going to be just, you know, living in the Western society, but our stories naturally will be different from the norm. Yeah. Just be ourselves. Yeah. No, I, I Hopefully. Think, huh? I was going to say, I think that's, that's a very solid, like, mission, right? And I think I was mentioning earlier, before yeah. we started recording about... Um, when, when we were having like Lagos to a crowd, that, that podcast that I had, mm-hmm. I, I think it was a similar mission, just not along the lines of like tech, because mm-hmm. the people I was talking to, one's an engineer and the other one was in commercial banking at the time. She's transitioned to tech now, yeah. so you were to sign up. But I think these stories are necessary because it's a growing group of people right. who are still kind of um, either second generation mm-hmm. Africans or like BIPOC folks right. or like people who are actually immigrating like you've moved you grew up in a different culture and you're moving here fully yeah. and they need to hear the stories they need to see representation they need to see possibilities exactly because you know there's a limited you can't be what doctor. you can't see yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah 100 yeah. percent. so yeah uh i guess for the introduction for today i'm ollie king um one of the hosts yeah i'm mac Another one of the hosts. Yeah, I'm yeah, Nene. I'm, I'm Nene. What, the, the guest. <laughs> the guest of the honor. Guest. <laughs> the guest of honor. Our first guest as well. Yeah. And I'm very excited to have a guest to chat a little bit outside. Like, just for context, the first few episodes we talked about 
how we got here. Mm-hmm. So we did that in two different episodes. One mm-hmm. episode was a bit more about the career stuff. Mm-hmm. So how do we fall into this line of work in tech? Mm-hmm. Usually it's like a, a, a bit of a different career path. You know, you don't really leave Africa knowing I'm going to go get it in tech. Like yeah. usually a few things happen along the way. So we told yeah. that story. Mm-hmm. And then also how we got to Canada because mm-hmm. that can also be a pretty unique story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to hear a little bit more about your story as well. If you want to tell us, you know, how, how you ended up in Vancouver with us as well and yeah. also how you ended up in tech with us yeah. as well. It would be really interesting to hear that. Okay, okay. I'll keep it. I'll try and keep it short because I'm sure we have some other things to talk about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm from Ghana, born and raised. Um, I went to schools in Ghana, but I went to sort of international school. So um, I did my O-levels for my first bit of my high school and then I did IB for... Uh, my final two years. I did IB as well. Oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when I finished, I actually really wanted to, like, my eyes were just set on the States. And my school was very, like, academic focused. Like, I'll give you stats. So my graduating class were about 70 people. Yeah. About seven went to Cornell, two went to Harvard. Wow. Like, three went to UPenn. Mm -hmm. Like, these guys were really, you know, it's like about the schools. Like, Mm -hmm. when you finish that school, and it was an interesting kind of, I call it experiment. So it's a combination of like half Ghanaian there. Yeah. And then the other half is people who were from um, sort of orphanages that were owned by the school. Yeah. And they brought like the brightest minds from there. And it's like it's supposed to be like kind of a mix of um, Ghanaians that came from a bit of like privileged background. Mm-hmm. But you were still smart. Yeah. Right. And then that like people who were also like from less... Um, privileged backgrounds, but we're also smart. Kind of that unification and union would help minimize the inequality of it all. And I actually saw it work, right? Because most people were there. It's not like one, I'm, I have a bit of, like I'm privileged. It's more like we are all focused on like academics, right? right? And so from that part, like I really wanted to go to say Cornell. I got waitlisted and it, it kind of broke my heart. I was really like, I really got bust. Yeah. And I applied to nine schools, yeah. eight in the States, yeah. one in Canada. And the only reason I applied to UBC was they came and gave a presentation and they were like, oh, there'll be a scholarship. I'm like, all right, come on, apply. Yeah. Yeah. I threw in a scholarship and then, I mean, I threw in an application and I applied for a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I, I remember writing the essay for that, that scholarship like the day it was due like the wow. DHL guy was literally <laughs> wow. coming to catch it and I was just like on the computer just writing up my thoughts on something and then I finish I hit print go and give it to like our academic advisor mm. and then they send it off and then I mean I didn't get into like the big IVs but I went to some good schools Brandeis these other ones and but they weren't really offering the money like that it was yeah. it was still like some scholarship but you'd have to put up a lot and I was like oh, oh yeah. Then UBC pops up and poof, full ride. I'm like, okay, like Whoa. I'll get a full ride. And then they were gonna pay you to go to school. So they paid all university plus like living expenses. I'm like, wow. Why would I do yeah, that? Right? that? What were your grades like in high school? I be oh, I got a 38. Oh, that's like, pretty good, man. Yeah, my school like man, those guys I was talking about, they are like the 40s. Yeah. Yeah. One of, for example, the smartest person I've ever known went to that school was in my year. Yeah. And he's doing his Harvard. PhD in math yeah. at 
26. So he's like, wow. yeah, you know I mean, so that's yeah. how it was kind of formulated. But the grades were good. Yeah. Um, and UBC, I think for, I think UBC's average is like 32, right? Yeah. So okay. I was kind of like that's, on the high. Yeah. yeah. For, yeah so. for context as well, like 42 is the highest you can get. And then there's three more bonus points that you get through okay. some like extended essay and things <laughs> like that. So total, you can get 45. 38 is a really, really good score. You can pretty mm -hmm. much get into whatever school. Mm -hmm. Except maybe the Ivy Leagues, apparently. Man, yo, SATs weren't too great. But, yeah. like, I mean, the wait list was kind of counts for something, you know? Like, at least I didn't... In my mind, I'm just like, maybe I was close. And they took seven people from the school anyway. So yeah. they need some diversity. So that was how I ended up in Canada. Yeah. And I think I honestly wanted to move. Like when I first, I was like, okay, I'll get there, go and, you know, and then bounce. Yeah. But my dad, my dad works in shipping, so so he's been around a bit. Like he worked for a shipping company, and he was like, Vancouver's a beautiful city, you love it. And I'm just like, mm. and I come and I'm like, okay, well, BC is a beautiful place, so why not stay, right? right? And over time, it kind of grew on me, and I was like, okay. Well, I don't know. Let me make the most of my opportunities. Yeah. And yeah, it's been it's been a good like we'll, we'll continue there. But I'm I'm imagining maybe there's some questions. Yeah. So if you so you've been here how long now? Um, I'll say like ten, but I moved to Alberta in between. Okay, so I'll okay. kind of explain that part in there. I moved to Edmonton for two months, Calgary for a year to the day, and then I came back. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Okay. I'll, 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 I'll give a bit of that yeah. story in there, but yeah, so, yeah. so Mark, did you want to ask him? Like, yeah, so when you first got to UBC, what, what did you have in mind you wanted to study and what were you thinking would be your, your path going forward? Yeah, so when I got here, I already knew what it was. So I took economics, maths, that's before high school, yeah. and then chemistry, literature. But I knew economics was always what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So growing up, my dad was kind of trying to groom me to become a president. Like, he was just like, <laughs> become president of Ghana, you know. Yeah. So I just, I always loved it as a concept. Yeah. But it was economics and math I really liked. So I knew I needed to do a kind of a BSc, yeah. right? Like, I was like, okay, B is good for theory. But so when I came, I did a economics major and focused on, like, the concentration was math and applied statistics. Gotcha. So it really... Really it really economic. just, you know, yep. helped with building out models, understanding really how does, how does the economy work if you want to just keep it broader. But right. I think it's also understanding scarcity, yep. right? Because that's really what economics is teaching you. Right. Yes. Why are you, why, why do we act the way we are? Why are we rational or rational? Game theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, game theory, mm -hmm. 100%. So I did that. In my mind, I thought I was just going to continue and go work for like a become an economist fully, yeah. right? Yeah. Try and work in a central bank. Yeah. Will it be in Ghana? Will it be here? I wasn't sure. Yeah. But banking naturally was also another path okay. and kind of naturally gravitated towards that when I was in my final year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So just so that everybody knows, Nene works in, in tech now and it's more specifically to do with AI. So this is a bit of a departure from the original plan. So I'm going to ask my favorite question, which is how did you make that transition? I always find these parts are really, really interesting. Like, Before we get to that, yeah. um, what's your role now? Okay. So I'm an AI product manager at uh, um, AI research lab for a bank. Ah, let's go. So, so that's the connection. I'm still, I'm still like attached yeah. to it, but yeah. it's kind of like on the techie side of, 
of things yeah. where yeah okay so yeah yeah and so and so my question how did you marry those two things now that i know that borealis is it yeah borealis is, yeah. is um you know related to the finance world that makes a little bit more sense mm-hmm. but how did you know that you know i want to work more so in the forefront on the more cutting edge stuff versus maybe the uh, apply the more traditional economics that you had learned yeah so it's a great i think it, it ties really well to like how i ended the last so final years of school um i started realizing look canadian work experience is necessary so mm-hmm. in earlier years i was doing like working on campus just you know working with the international recruitment offices and stuff um doing like some retail jobs for the summers yeah. um and then my final year i'm like nah let me get some experience that will pull me in a bit of a different space so luckily i had some i had few courses to finish my like my degree because i got some credits from ib yeah. um so my i took this options and future trading course and the prof was amazing in fact it was like that's what made me think okay i want to go into corporate banking like that was my track that's where i was really trying oh. to go mm. so the prof was um, like prof and i had a really good relationship we actually still talk till today and she was like oh i know you have like some um interest there right um at the time i started working for um td yep. as a kind of customer service and then eventually moved into fsr financial service rep yeah but then i was like nah this is really like I understand what a line of credit, what a credit card is uh-huh. in general. Yeah. You know, at least because back home we don't have these products. At, at the time, we didn't really have these products, um, credit cards, and understanding of yeah. lending, uh-huh. right? So I understood basic personal lending, but I knew that wasn't where I wanted to go. Yeah. So the prof was like, "Oh, there's this company that is, uh, there's this bank that is um, looking for." an associate and they want to put you in like a rotational program yep. and then eventually you would become like going to commercial banking or whatever i think it's a better step for you yeah right so my final year i'm literally going to write my final exams to graduate i'm still working for this uh, in this fsr role and my boss is telling me it will take you five years to become like a financial Oof. um what's the advisor yeah. i'm like five years to do it <laughs> yeah you know and that's five years from i graduated in 2017. Yeah. so i go write this exam and the next day i go to give the interview and my boss like i i really catch on with the guy and he's like we're talking about stocks and stuff and he's like if you pass that exam mm. you have the job like you have the job so you start next week essentially i was wow. like whoa this is crazy yeah. so obviously i passed the exam and then um we started like next week so right after week after my graduation i was starting in there doing this um kind of at the time it was like a credit analyst position mm-hmm. and two months in they were like okay the trainee program is starting so move into it so you rotate around the bank you go oh, like treasury yeah. commercial yeah so you really understand how like how banking works yeah. so yeah. like if silicon valley bank happens you understand <laughs> oh okay this is what this is what made it but i think it really allowed me to get a sense of mm, okay these are different career paths i can take yeah and then after that program for a year i moved into commercial banking fully yeah. and it was more around like um industrial and heavy equipment like and oil, oil and gas really mm. so that's why i moved to alberta oh okay uh, see so okay. then i moved to the head office for this this was like a company called canadian western bank yeah. Yeah. so moved there started doing those finance it was really cool at the time yeah. you, know, you finish work you're wearing a suit you feel like you guys are doing the the banking <laughs> yeah, doing the thing you know the, the image, banking yeah. image yeah. but 
I, whilst I was in school, we did some sort of ML in one of our economics courses. So we did a bit where it was like kind of introduction to machine learning. And in your mind, you're looking at it like, okay, well, what could this be? Like, how could this be applied? Mm -hmm. So when I got into the role itself, commercial banking, it started becoming like, well, what we're doing is we're trying to identify if people would default or not, right? Yeah. Businesses would. And I'm yeah. like, man, this thing I'm doing is really not, you know, is really not, um, it's not rocket science. Yeah. I mean, human beings shouldn't be doing it. Models should. Yeah. Right? So that's when I, I, I started realizing, nah, I got a dip from this role. Mm. So two years in, I was like, nah, it's time for me to find something else. Yeah. Um, and then I started looking for a fintech startup, mm. moved into the fintech startup. It didn't, it wasn't easy. I'm kind of summarizing this, but like mm. to go from a commercial banking analyst yeah. to go into a fintech, I didn't even know product management existed at the time, yeah. you wow. know? Yeah. So um, I'll squeeze it in the summary. I spoke with, a, I went online, looked for a country companies in Calgary. None of them were really doing fintech at the time. Yeah. I looked in Vancouver, I saw this, startup that was using small business lending like they were using ai for small business lending mm -hmm. so i went and looked at the product i messaged the ceo i'm like i love your product but this is what i'll change about it mm. the next day he sent my like the recruiter is reaching out to me that oh i got your name from the ceo oh, wow. wow yeah that's a smart way to go about it so man. you yeah. reached out to the ceo yeah so yeah. i have the message on my phone yeah. oh wow yeah oh, wow. yeah and it, like from there six interviews like these guys were not sure well, I would be. He was like, yeah. well, there's a product manager role. Mm -hmm. I'm like, product manager, what's that? Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know. So I started looking at it. Mm -hmm. The one is asking me in the interviews, like the first very, like my manager, you know, she's asking me, do you know what a backlog is? Do you know what a roadmap <laughs> is? I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I'm like, well, what I could promise you is I'm going to figure that out. Yeah. And honestly, like they were figuring, they were trying to solve like banking issues, but none of them were bankers. Mm -hmm. ah. Do you get me? Yeah. So the subject matter expertise was what I was bringing to the table. Yeah. Interesting. Do you get me? Yeah. And it was like, okay. So I came in, worked there for a little bit, um, a year. Um, and then COVID hit and it was a bit of a tough time. There were some layoffs happening. It wasn't really looking like bright. Mm -hmm. So started looking. I found this Borealis role. Yeah. First, I like Borealis AI. Another, and the company I was working for was called Judy AI at the time. And I was like, E, it's not looking you know great is that yeah. another finance related ai startup yeah. i was not really sure yeah um but i spoke with them and then they told me oh it's rbc's ai research lab mm. so rbc created this sort of independent subsidiary we're still rbc employees but we don't operate as like our emails are even at borealis AI. Yeah, yeah. you get me so yeah. it's like giving the spin-off to allow for innovation and like go into the bank and apply AI to different things, capital markets, lending, um, sort of digital, customer service, all of that. Be mad scientists. Yeah, so that's the journey. And yeah. like now I've been there for almost three years now. Um, and I mean, it's it's been great. It's like I went from the, like the traditional banking and then went into the startup world. Yeah. Like, fintech ai product management that was my four inch product management and now i do it for the like product management at the ai research lab yeah for a bank so it's like full circle that's so cool yeah yeah the um the biggest takeaway i took from what you said was it's a similarity between my own 
journey into tech Ooh. like i reached out to a ceo of another company as well no, wow. but, yeah i initially started my own company which no. i talked about before in another episode but um how i got into like working for other people was mm-hmm. i reached out to the ceo and just said i yeah. i can do whatever just yeah. tell me and i'll figure it out wow. it's funny when you said that yeah. and that was one and number two how i moved i transitioned from the customer world into products that I'm in mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. was through the subject matter expertise. Yeah. I became mm-hmm. an expert at SEO yeah. and I used that to transition to product and you did that with FinTech to mm-hmm. product. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I was, at the conference we met, uh, mm-hmm. the product camp, mm-hmm. that's a, there's a guy that's trying to transition from engineer into product manager. Yeah. And that was the advice I gave him as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, always try to find what you are the best at that yeah. no one else is. Yep. And use that as a leverage. Yeah, use that as a leverage. leverage. Like yeah, a, in marketing, they call that like a beachhead. Mm. Use that as where you start, yep. and then you move into. Hundred percent. I, yeah. I think whenever I'm talking to anyone who wants to move into product, right? Yeah. That one is like, what industry are you in? Yeah. So if you're in media, if you're in say insurance, I'm like, okay, find insure tech companies. Mm-hmm. It's product management what's good. So you go, um, I mean, insurance. I go and find the. Uh, product management role for an insure tech because I can tell them, right. oh, these are all the problems that I see yep. in here. Mm-hmm. And those are what they want. They want like, and I think even for startups too, mm-hmm. or for companies, most of them don't give enough weight to subject matter expertise, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because somebody who's been in there, for example, if you look at any of the big banks, the reason why they don't go through some of these things is they've had learned lessons over time. Mm-hmm. Right. So they don't go for like extreme ends of the spectrum. Like they don't, stay on the edges of the distribution they stay mm-hmm. like within a range because they know okay if it's predictable it's, it's kind of not great but yeah. like it's also like we know this is where we stay with this is the variance yeah. yeah if you are starting a company you're able to tap into all those lessons from the subject matter experts and then add a bit of speed and exactly. risk in there you you really wish i had i just think sometimes and this is my issue with tech a bit is that we have a bit of overconfidence in that like you know, the summary of the, like, you can go and read a quick summary of something yeah. and now you understand it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I read it, I read on SEO, so now yeah. I can come yeah. and talk yeah. to Ola and say, isn't it just this? Yeah. <laughs> no, man, no, it's not. And you learn it after you go through it. Oh, and yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you get hit. Then you start to become a bit, whoa, you yeah. know, I, I got to be a bit more cautious. And then you respect it. It's like, I think they call it the, that curve, right? the curve, the knowledge it? curve, the knowledge yeah. curve, literally. Yeah. yeah. Unconscious, I mean, unconscious competence yeah. to con- con- conscious competence. Exactly. So, yeah. And you go through like, for for those of you who don't know the curve, it, it starts off with you shooting up, and on the y-axis, it's like confidence in your knowledge, and on the x-axis, it's it's the time that you've been involved in it or like the experience that you have with it. And really early on, you shoot right up. It's like you're saying, you know, you read that one blog post, you're like, oh, this is simple. I understand this. I can talk about this. Mm-hmm. And you reach that peak of confidence. But then if you spend a little bit more time on that subject, it's you're going to dip really low and understand that this is a much deeper, deeper. subject. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I agree. I think startups in general are usually in that first bit mm-hmm. when they first start. They shoot right up and they think they know, you know what the product needs to be, what the market is. And then as time goes on and they try to reach that next person, the next person, they realize we don't know that much of it, exactly. which is where an opportunity to switch into the role yeah, can come from. It's like, exactly. we need somebody who understands this deeply to come yep. help us out. Yep. And both of you have leveraged that so yeah. far in order to get to where you are. So that's really good advice for anybody trying to get into yeah. yeah, and for most people, you know, you might 
you might not be able to know what the companies don't know. So don't be afraid to just reach out. Mm-hmm. Even if it yeah. seems obvious to you, yeah. just just go for it. Worst case yeah. scenario, you get no response. I know, Or they right? tell you, we already know. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. they tell you, we already know. And then like two months later, they reach back, back out to and you. Like, oh, wait. Yeah. Hey, Ola, you were talking about this a long time ago. That's how I got my SEO consulting mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. I used to just reach out to companies. I'm like, hey, I noticed you could be ranking for this keywords. Mm-hmm. Just a heads up. Sometimes people won't respond. And mm-hmm. then a year later, They'll come I just back. get a message like, mm-hmm. oh, Ola, are you free for like... It's a conversation. A quick call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, shoot it's, your it's, shot, man. Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. <laughs> and I think so many, I feel like also, I'll, I'll say this last thing for, for like people of our background, there's a bit of this, um, it's like, there's this inclination to be, I, I think it's like mis, misunderstood hum, like humility, mm. right? Mm. And it's like the humility comes off in people not, turning becoming risk averse yeah which is weird because it's like you think oh i shouldn't apply for that they say they want blah 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 Mm -hmm. or you know and the truth is like there's no downside to you putting out like there's no downside (laughs) what is the worst that could happen you just stay at the same spot you're in right now yep you know so honestly like me i've become a bit like i'm so happy with uncertainty Mm -hmm. right obviously like there's things that you don't necessarily you know like you always want to kind of make sure you're risk managing. But yeah. the truth is, I think sometimes asking for things and putting yourself out there, honestly, you'll be shocked at the kind of opp- opportunities and doors that you'll open. Mm. Also kind of working for roles because trust me, I think the transition to tech, mm. the reason why this is, is as tough as it is, is it is rigorous. Like, I mean, the mm-hmm. interview process is not that simple. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in my experience, it's like four hours, yeah. five, six hours. Like you're getting, going through multiple rounds. Yeah, meeting and multiple people. It weeds out that, like, are you able to kind of take that, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I would say like when you go into and you think, oh, I want to be, you know, making tech money or it sounds <laughs> great, but like you will work, right? Um, and I think, I think that's another part that people need to be okay with. Like, just know that it's, it's tough. You know, yeah. but for example, when I was prepping for my Borealis interview, mm. dude, I literally spent at least 24 physical hours yeah. studying for that thing. I read people's research papers, yeah. profs there. Yeah. So to the point where I'm, at the end when they're asking you, oh, what questions do you have for us? Mm. Normally you ask about the company, yeah. culture, all of that. Yeah. I was asking them, yo, you said this in your research paper. <laughs> yeah? You still believe that? The guy's like, whoa, what do you mean? This, yeah. is, this is wild. Yeah. I did the same for SEO. Really? Yeah. 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 I, my first day, I told my manager who hired me because i didn't know much seo when i started yeah i he asked me how are you feeling about the whole thing i was like dude to be honest this is like calculus <laughs> and i was like i studied computer science and this is like my it's like my first day in school ever yeah. and you're telling me to study calculus this, none of this makes sense to me yeah. but then you know i became obsessed with it uh-huh. like for two months i was dedicated to learning it yeah. and then now it's like obvious to me yeah. but yeah. it wasn't yeah. like Before that it wasn't. yeah and then when you tell people your part, it comes off like, oh, you know, you're just lucky. It's easy. Just, Everything yeah. came oh, out like easy. Yeah. yeah. No, no it yeah. takes a lot of work steps. to make things look easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You're not paying me because, you know, like they were coming and say, oh, look at how simple that back. No, it's, I'm able to create it quickly because yeah. Yeah. I've done it. Like I understand what's his, what's his core here. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think sometimes, like I said, people just need to take the time to put in the work and end your hours. Like, yeah. Earn your, earn your stripes because I, I think sometimes we all just want to go zero to one right. like that. But 
when you go through that curve, you'll start realizing that a lot of things that are amazing, they took time, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's the little, little like motivational speech I'll give, <laughs> give to the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I wanna I wanna switch gears just for a second because you mentioned something that I've been meaning to ask about. I was actually in the, some of the questions Ola sent earlier as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think we should talk about this. And you mentioned a little bit, which is the situation at SVB. And now we have a resident expert in the banking <laughs> world to, to talk a little bit about this. Um, for those who are curious, like, mm-hmm. what would you say like, in, in bullet point format? What do you think happened there? Yeah, so I think it's... it's I, I, I wrote a little Twitter thread on this, right? And I think... It, Wait, what's your Twitter stuff for people my want Twitter? to search for it? Oh, God, I just... I literally changed my, <laughs> my name, like, my at. Yeah. But it's, it's Nene, right? That's Nene. And uh, my, my actual at is at Nene M. Azu. So, yeah. Okay. So you're getting a follow. Yeah. Yeah. Before it used to be King Azu with the V, but like I changed it. I was like, let me create some separation between my Instagram and my Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't want people to (laughs) follow both. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But you've been doing too much AI stuff. No. You don't want to. I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. (laughs) Start doing some user representation. Yeah. Like, what is. Yeah. No. Um, But I'll say in a nutshell, what happened was you know, is is an asset liability mismatch, right? Mm-hmm. And so typically when banks hold your deposits or whatnot, they typically put into either short or long dated bonds, right? Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to kind of time it and not put a lot of it into like one asset class. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that, say I'm buying bonds that are, and this will happen with SVB, they bought 10-year 10, 10 year bonds mm-hmm. at a really low rate, okay. right? And if you look at the deposits, when we put money in the bank, people think you're putting, you're just throwing your money there. Yeah. You're really like lending your money to the yeah. bank, it's right? It's in a safe somewhere. It's not. No, it's not in a safe. <laughs> <laughs> and when you read when you read um, financial statements, you'll see that banking financial statements are different from every other company's because banks hold your cash as liabilities, and mm. you know what I mean. So. In there, you will notice they have to pay some sort of interest on the liabilities, mm-hmm. right? And unfortunately, because SVB is locked in a large percentage of their liabilities in at, which is to them assets, mm-hmm. in at what do you call it, like a really low rate, mm-hmm. right? They are having to pay rates shifted really quickly, right? Like the central bank was, rates. Fed was increasing rates, like yeah. nobody's business. So you have this thing where now you have, say like, $10 billion, let's just call it that, mm-hmm. um, at 1.35%. Mm-hmm. And you've got like those, that same amount in at, what do you call it, 3 4%, 4% that you're paying on them. Mm-hmm. So it leads to two things happening. Now, you have this mismatch, so you're already taking a loss on the, on the spread yeah. between them. But you also need to kind of have like a liquidity... Mm-hmm. Um, like a percentage that has liquidity. So in case you came to the bank and you said, I want my money, mm-hmm. which so they, over time, the bank kind of knows maybe 15% of their money is going to be rotated, yeah, available, cash. available cash, basically, mm-hmm. you know, called short-term liquidity. So these guys had that difference. And then Peter Thiel, you know, the, the legend. Zero to one. Yeah, zero to one. Writer. Yeah, he was just like, okay. Like, he noticed what was going on. and just like, okay. He rang the alarm bells. Mm. And then all out, all in podcast guys also were kind of yeah. talking to... And so it led to... to yeah, it's a crazy... <laughs> and, you know, like, it led to, like, this run on uh, the bank. So essentially what happened was you had a spread that was 
too like negative so they were already losing money yeah in truth if they, they held it to maturity they would have been fine mm-hmm. without having to pull out money but if you've got 50 60 percent of people instantly asking for money yeah, yeah. you're in a crunch money yeah so then money you don't have and yeah. you're already owing like a negative yield mm-hmm. on top of that so yeah. i think just in a, in a in a simplified version they they borrowed they had our funds mm-hmm. They were paying us more than they were earning on the funds they had, so they were they right. didn't really maintain that. Yeah. Um, but then also people started asking for their money right away, mm-hmm. and for a bank, every bank needs to run on deposits, like yeah. one of the core things they need. So that led to a point where the F, the you know FDIC said nah, you know, and in Canada, just for everybody to know, there's a CDIC, so mm-hmm. there's a deposit insurance company. Mm-hmm. And they, I think the Canadian one is 100K, if I'm not. So problem is when you have a bank fail, Mm -hmm. like what happened, typically deposit accounts, depending on what it is, um, is is up to 100K. Mm -hmm. But, and that's in Canada. In the US is 250. But you, I'll say for those who want to kind of avoid this, if you have that much money, Mm -hmm. um, make sure you put money into like separate things. So you can put a bunch of money into different accounts mm-hmm. but also and if say you had 100k in cibc and 100k in td those are separate mm-hmm. accounts so 100,000 here 100,000 there, there. Yep. um and then you can also kind of create like trust accounts so if you go into the trust side you could put that money in there so every account is insured up to 100k yeah and then if say the three of us were to open an account that's also insured yeah. okay. on 100k and then if the two of you also open it's also insured so at 100 insured, yeah. so it's not per person so it's per like entities. entity yeah yeah, yeah. So you, you mentioned, you know, it's typical for banks to do is to use some of those deposits, try and get a return on it. That's how they make their money. Mm-hmm. That's how they're able to, you know, lend money out to other people and things like that. Where do you think it went wrong with this particular implementation of that very typical banking business strategy? So with the bigger banks, the beauty of them or the amazing thing for them is some of them are considered domestically important banks. Mm-hmm. And then some of them are considered globally um, systemically important banks. Yeah. And the domestic ones, like in Canada, will be the big five. Mm-hmm. CIBC, TD, BMO, RBC, and mm-hmm. Scotiabank. Mm-hmm. So if they failed, they're so important to the economy because of they're in, they have their hands in so many things that the government will bail them out. Mm-hmm. So that's on the domestic level. Yeah. RBC and TD are on the global level. Because they have their hands in multiple other countries as well. And they facilitate like a lot of those flows of cash and trade and stuff like that. So they would be built by like even a higher power. World Bank <laughs> step in. They, would, they can't fail. Yeah. So if you were following Bill Ackman, you would hear him say, okay, these guys, like everybody's going to pull their money out of like these companies or these banks that are not domestically or globally important banks and mm-hmm. move it to the... JP Morgans yeah, and the RBCs the of the ones. world. Yeah. So the problem was when you were managing your balance sheet and there were like two graphs that I had on my Twitter post that showed what was going on. Mm. SVB was a full outlier mm. in terms of how they were managing their the distribution of their portfolio. Doesn't no no bank does that. Mm-hmm. Like has that kind of split. And also nobody holds that those long term mm. you know short like low yielding yeah. Um, bonds like no one's going to hold that so I think this is another part of it people say is that like SVB was really moving on uh, I don't know like it's like a California-esque um, vibe mm-hmm. you know like they, they paid very very insane um, 
like salary. So the SVP, as opposed to like the banking average, was paying about 250k. And banks don't typically pay yeah. that much. So yeah. I think it was just a bit of a, you know, they were getting into the Silicon Valley, the vibes. Silicon Valley <laughs> vibes. You know, like just like moving like a oh we support um, cutting edge uh, work, and so they started becoming a bit. Uh, complacent and yeah. I also think it's also that expertise like if you have a, a traditional banking board yeah. a lot of these things will not be like omitted yeah. like they are just so I think that's where it is it's like it comes back to having prudent risk management um, systems built in yeah. that allow for you not to it might seem simple and oh who expects a bank to fail in this 2023 mm. but svb was also lobbying against those dot frank rules that were put in in 2008. wow they were just oh we don't want to have these liquidity they requirements and these, yeah they wanted just to be able to hold and then here we are with a case in where like now they've been they basically failed and mm. so i think it just comes back to the point where i'm saying that the the incumbents have some sort of deep knowledge mm-hmm. yeah. and they've put, they've done things a certain way. And we sometimes from a naive perspective, we look at them and we're like, Oh, why would we, why would they have to hold these deposits? Why wouldn't they be a little yeah. bit more risky? Mm-hmm. But it's because of things like, like this, that, yeah. right? Situation and like this. Uh, it's stability in terms of fin- financial systems, you look more for stability as opposed to like outsized gains. Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. why like the fed is always looking at inflation and, because they don't want it to be like for things to be just unstable keep it at that one two percent and yeah. then, you know the economy is healthy so yeah. same thing with banking yeah so svp got um they got eye off their own supply yeah, yeah literally oh, they, they really cars. did they really did <laughs> they did they're also that? doing some some other kind of like financial trickery almost but they were also giving out venture debt with venture deposits so like when you raise money they were putting all the deposit svb and if a startup needed to borrow money they could borrow money from us look at that i mean and that is dangerous (laughs) that is a dangerous kind of feedback loop yeah especially venture because like if if you've been in tech you know it's all risky like with startups especially you never know if you're going to get return in that so not only are you risking that you've also tied up your money in these like long-term investments yeah uh, it's gonna create a cash problem, and then it, all it takes is somebody to notice and tell everybody, and yeah. everybody's just in the group chat, like take your money out now, and yeah. then your bank is over over a weekend. And what sucks is like think about it this way: so banks fail all the time, municipal banks, whatever, yeah. and they don't get bailed out. Yeah. You get me? And the truth was, when I listened to a lot of people, it's like we should have let it fail, yeah. for it kind of resets the system. Mm-hmm. So if you look at like crypto, you see like. Um, FTX. FTX happened, but FTX was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but BlockFi, Celsius, like there were a couple of them that also sort of failed and yeah. nobody bailed them out. Mm-hmm. You get me? And here, I mean, they didn't necessarily get bailed out. The government guaranteed their deposits, but people are saying they shouldn't have intervened because it kind of makes it look like, well, if anybody necessarily fails, the government will also yeah. kind of step in and you know yeah. and so there is a bit of like this reset that needs to happen like nobody wants to see a company go to zero yeah. right but if you're it's being run wrongly like then in principle it should be allowed to the market is efficient mm. right. right it will it it rewards people that are doing great and it, it doesn't for those that aren't and yeah. for banks too right so we'll just have stronger more risk like banks that have strong risk management ex- existing and then the ones that don't but it's just you know 
consumer consumer safety too they don't yeah that's to the thing the people who deposited the money they're yeah. not really at fault in the situation right. right but see so if i also had my money in block block and celsius what about me yeah, yeah that's right true. and that's the point like that's it's true it's it's a it's a tough tough situation but like yeah <laughs> do you feel like the tech world is sometimes like the favorite the favorite child oh, man. <laughs> I can talk about this one for days, you know, because I've been on both sides. So to me, it's a bit like the tech world. I feel like sometimes we're a bit insulated, mm-hmm. and like I'll give an example of it. I feel like tech tech people make money mm-hmm. typically mm-hmm. way way outside the average. Right. Somewhere like Canada, like I think the average was like one twenty one thirty k. Yeah. But the average family income in BC, for example, is 78K. Mm. And in some instance, I think maybe a couple of years ago, it was like 60,000. Family. Wow. Family, bro. So after tax, 60 is like 48K. You know, just imagine you were operating on that income. And I, I mean, for a lot a of people, you know, <laughs> oh, what, talk about buying a house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Look, yeah. you, like just to survive. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's a family. So potentially have kids, mm. you know? And I feel like sometimes we... We, we don't necessarily understand that it's a blessing that is meant to be used to kind of create more avenues for other people right. to also... Like, you're supposed to be the brightest of the bright, so bring efficiency in places that are not yeah. there and stop, like, necessarily kind of... <laughs> I don't know. Like, tech gets a lot of um, coddling, right? Mm, like, yeah. because, you know, we're supposed to be the people that are bringing the innovation. But yep. truly... I heard this on a podcast. I mean, the conversation where Mark Andreessen was speaking with Adam Newman mm-hmm. on their new, their <laughs> new venture, Newman. right? Mm-hmm. And he was saying that it's like tech gets a bad rep because over the last 20 years, they focused on like cute things, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, drive a car here, drive, do this here. Yeah. But the core things that have been, that make up the economy are housing. Mm-hmm. I think it's energy, housing, energy, and what the last Health? um, healthcare, yeah, mm. those three—they're like 80% of the economy. Tell yeah. me the innovations we've had in there that yeah. are breaking. No, right. I mean, we're almost at Theranos, but yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, even when we did Theranos, yeah. what was it? Mm. Smoke and mirrors, right? Yeah. Like, and it's like so now that's why they're going into this cute venture of like what's a what's that thing called? Um, I think it's it might flow. It might be a good. It might be a good. Oh yeah, flow. You know, that's it might be a good a good outcome. But like again, it's like we don't focus on the places that actually impact people's yeah. lives and improve lives. Yeah. It's like, we're just searching for, we use the fact that 95% of startups fail to, to, just, you know, justify, justify going into whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, friggin' monk, monkeys that are on some NFTs and like, we're, we're <laughs> fine, funding that, but yeah. like, People don't have access to clean water in yeah. some yeah, places, The NFT right? time was the most confusing time of my life. <laughs> during the pandemic, I have family in Nigeria yeah. who are literally in poverty. You know, yeah. These are not necessarily lazy people. Yeah. And some of them are not even dumb people. They are super smart, but yeah. it's just the economy. Opportunity, yeah, but they yeah. don't have the, uh, the opportunity. <clears throat> they can afford to have food on, the, on their table. And then I go on Twitter or Clubhouse, hang out with my tech friends, yeah. and they are talking about... Spending money on JPEGs. JPEGs. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh my, oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> it, it disconnect. Like, so yeah, it just dropped, on, yeah. I just dropped $50,000 on this JPEG. Yo, I think that's, that's that, the word you use there is the truth. Disconnect. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like out of touch. Just, you know. Not that you can't use your money for whatever. You can. Yeah. But like, 
that's what I think it is. It's like now you get to this point where there's a bit of entitlement. Yeah. Oh, I make 200K. Oh, I make, you know. And then we also think that the salaries map to like our sort of some sort of indicator of how smart or how much, how important mm, your views your are, work is, you know. And yeah. it's not necessarily true. It's just, yeah. you know, a bit of, I'll say, element of hard work. Yeah. But also sometimes it's luck. If you didn't fall in, like say I went to message the... the See you, and he didn't respond. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You got me. So yeah. I, confidence as well, you know. Yeah, what you negotiate is what you get. Yeah. Exactly. I, when I was going through my interview process, dude, I added thirty k to my salary. Wow. Yeah. Just yeah. I didn't change anything in my resume. Yeah. My resume, my experience did not all of a sudden change. Yep. It was literally just from someone offering me something higher than I expected, mm. and I just kept like. Yeah. 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 and yeah yeah and i could yeah, have easily just... said it at the first salary so exactly. and i would have been unlucky in quote kind of right? <laughs> yeah. yeah and then that's your starting point right but i think me personally i've now started being a bit more there's contentedness like mm. i'm being content yeah but i also understand that the mission for me is or for i think for tech people should be enabling like you yeah. should always be using your skills to create something that also opens doors for other people. Yeah. That is not, it, man. Yeah. Not like, you know, we're crying over... I remember I was arguing about taxes. I'm like, oh, man, why are we paying so much in taxes? Why so much taxes, man. Even after that, the taxes are... Like, even post-after-tax yeah. income is still higher than... Yeah, you know, most. And yeah, yeah, so it just got to be a bit, you know, grateful mm-hmm. and focus on... I have a startup that I'm working on. Uh, it's, so you, you, are you, do you want to share that or is yeah. it in stealth? Oh, it's, it's, I don't believe in stealth. Okay. Yeah. I believe like I well, as a true in. product manager. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to test. So. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's so many barriers like execution, mm. yeah. resources, like connections that will make or unmake. And if people actually do it, do your thing. It's just validation of the idea yeah, of the and the market. Idea, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It doesn't I, stop. I, you I can still do it. Yeah. I agree with the idea of like the barriers start like nobody can just copy an idea like say you say your idea right now somebody could listen to it and say oh that's a great idea let me go pursue it but they're not gonna have subject matter expertise first of all but then also the drive to push through those barriers it's so hard to start a company the intangibles too the intangibles yo those are so crazy yo (laughs) i I think i i've i've pivoted so many times and so yeah. now when when people tell me something like oh imagine uber for uh, puppies or something i'm yeah. just like mm. <laughs> once you start doing the work you, you realize you understand it's not just uber for puppies yeah. like yeah. You, know, you know the kind of things it takes so i mean the idea is is really it started off with um like my my background's in finance so obviously it's a fintech startup yeah um but i think for me i've always been thinking like real estate is a path to like wealth creation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so was trying to find a way to connect people into like equity positions that wasn't requiring like a down payment in my mind the, the thesis was a down payment is more of a hindrance yes. like a barrier than it is yep. a measure of risk yeah. right right because if say your risk met like today you have a hundred grand and Say like you lose you, you no. Let me not use you. Somebody has a hundred grand and <laughs> yeah. they 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 lose their job. Yeah, their risk at that like the day before and the next day hasn't necessarily changed because of the hundred k additional. Mm. They are they are spending behaviors and those kind of things are still are what we should really kind of focus on. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I so the whole idea was okay. Reroute the way it works. So say I have an old person 
mm. who has a hundred, a five hundred k. At their age, let's say they're sixty plus. Mm. Real estate is like a long term game. Yes. So you've got a younger person that is maybe in their thirties. Yep. They have the time horizon to yeah. to live out, you know, earning their their equity. Gotcha. This person with their five hundred k is looking for yield. They're looking yep. for returns. You need so, like quick. Quick time I want to make income. Yeah. I'm not trying to pump all this 500k into something and then be getting like 1k, 1k back. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So what it was was like, break those up, create a fund, let these older older people or wealthier people put money into the fund. Yeah. And then we identify people that are currently not um, considered, like that don't have the, the down payment, mm-hmm. but they have a really strong financial profile. Yeah. Or they have the down payment but don't want to put it down. Mm. And use that as like a way to kind of share equity. So once the person puts the down payment in, we go to the bank and say, okay, we're guaranteeing them because we know their financial profile. Mm. They're able to afford the mortgage payment. Um, and so they, the bank will maybe give us the rest. Maybe it's like a smaller portion. Mm-hmm. And then you pay majority of the money to the individuals, mm-hmm. to that fund, and then just a little bit to the bank. And you obviously get a really good rate. Yep. Because you were coming for a twenty percent mortgage, yeah. Yeah. so I mean, worked this that out. But I started realizing that mortgage rules are very, very. <laughs> some economies are really built on housing, mm. and so I was like, okay, that's a, that's not really gonna work out. Tried running with it, you know, it's called seed cap, zero down, like so many yeah. little ideas. Yeah. Then pivoted a bit into um, into like budgeting, and so. Just being in the world of AI, I was like, okay, well, most people, most budgeting apps are around like what you've done. So they show yeah. you like historical. Yep. Right. But they should be, I believe that it should be geared around what you should do. Yeah. Right. There's not enough of that. It's not what you, you know. Do you use Mint? I do. And, and it's nice for like, you can track your net worth, you can track like how you've spent, spent. in the past, but there's no suggestion of how you can improve your spending exactly. habits in the past. And I think that's where maybe like your AI expertise can also come into play. Hundred percent is noticing trends and habits because, like, for example, some if you're maybe getting started in a hobby or you've just met a new group of friends, mm-hmm. you might start to spend more on a particular category. Exactly. But in these apps, there's no. It's not telling, telling you that. You that. It's not it doesn't telling give you the like, insights yeah. on you and how you're changing over time. Yeah. Right. So the whole thing was the premise was okay. This this now it's called avocado. Yeah. And the avocado okay. reason was because uh, there was a billionaire that said millennials are unable to afford homes and like nice things basically because yeah. we spend all our money on avocado yeah. toast <laughs> and gourmet coffee. I was like, okay, well, avocado because I should be able to spend my money but also afford like nice things yeah. because I'm aware of it. Yeah. So started going down that route. I even have the app on my phone. Oh, nice. uh, we built it out. I, I had a team in Ghana. Yeah. My co-founders out there. Yeah. Um, so I started doing my stuff and I went to Ghana and I met a bunch of people. One has already been to YC, he's built out oh, wow, nice. a company, like wow. they're there. YC um, is Y Combinator y- for people who don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Y Combinator. They, they, they're doing well, like raised 17 mil. Yeah. Um, and then we, I spoke to him about the idea and the whole thing was, well, let's build an app that takes in your bank, like, aggregates your financial information mm-hmm. and then it starts to recommend what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can even have like rings, like an Apple Watch. So one yeah. that says like, you know, like this is how many challenges, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, okay. it uses challenges to optimize that. Mm. Um, gamify it a little bit. Gamify yeah. it a bit, you yeah. know, and then kind of also embed a bit of 
um, wellness. So yeah. like, how is your mental state around your money? So how yeah. do you feel about money? People's relationship with money yeah. is a big thing. It's man. so crazy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Do you see it as like a, a tool? Like, what, what are you trying to? So how are you feeling? And then measure that over time. Yeah. And show you basically where you can go with us. Yeah. And you know the challenges kind of slowly work on getting you towards believing that you can. Because right now the truth is, a lot of people. If I say I say save fifty k a year. Yeah. What the apps would do is they'll break that fifty k into equal chunks. Chunks. Yep. So fifty k divided by twelve yep. every month. Save this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very silly, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's an attainability signal concept when you're working on any goal, gym. Mm-hmm. Money, all of that. So you need to see the thing and believe I can do it yep. right. first. Yep. Then you need some sort of accountability in there. So like a, a person that's keeping you accountable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so some system or some system that abstracts it away from you. Yep. Yeah. Right? So that's why piggy boxes and like money going like, you know, in Ghana, they call it susu mm-hmm. works. Yeah. So we wanted to embed some of these concepts in. Yeah. Um, but I was gearing it more towards... African diaspora and Africans, because I was like, that segment has a, in my opinion, very, very not great relationship with money Mm -hmm. because traditionally they've not had a lot of it. Whereas like most of these people that come from, and I think it's a broader problem, but I was just more like focusing, starting there as a niche Mm -hmm. and then kind of expanding and then kind of realized again, that's a secondary thing. So people who have, have started having like a bit of money, mm-hmm. this becomes a core problem for them. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, okay, how do I stay on top of my money? Yep. But that's the majority of people. Mm. No. You really check the in, stats. In that market that you're trying you to reach. check the stats. Yeah. It's scary. Like, yeah. get this. 60% of North Americans do not have up to $1,000 yeah. in their bank accounts. The bank. 60%. 60%. 60%. That's over half. And then this is even scarier. 40% have less than zero. Mm. Huh. You get yeah, me? Yeah. We're, in, we're in debt, which is something that I actually wanted to talk to you about, about the gamifying part as well. Mm-hmm. The, the gamifying part of the idea is a lot of people like forget the wealth building part. It's how do I get out of debt mm-hmm. and thus build a relationship with, with money. money? Is that where your pivot is now? Because so, I don't think you got to the... Yeah, I didn't get to the pivot. Yeah, but yeah. Pivot. What, it was, what it was was at the time was... Like when you enter the app, it just kind of categorizes you. So yeah. once it come, you come in, we look at your financial situation and then aggregate it and say, okay, you're at a debt stage or you're at a growth stage or you're at a value stage. Yeah. So if you're at a debt stage, we're not focusing on any sort of, well, just come out of the debt. Yeah. Right. If you're at the value, the growth stage, okay, you have maybe 10K. How do we get you to your first 100? Yeah. yeah. Right. If you're at a 100 plus, okay, you're doing well yeah. for your thingy. Let's kind of make sure you keep a lot of this while it's growing steadily because yeah. at your point you have magnitude on your side mm-hmm. right and time so let's keep as much as you can mm-hmm. whilst growing it over time and then in 20 years your 100k could turn to 500 600 because it's compounding mm-hmm. but the, at the growth stage you'll probably need to invest in maybe some slightly risky assets and then that stage don't even think about investing because your money is losing is your debt is growing exponentially yeah Right, so that was what we're doing then. Mm-hmm. Right now, we've kind of broken it up into two ideas now. So, I realized that when I went back, I, I go back to Ghana quite often, and I spent a bit of time. Last year, I spent four months there. This year, uh-huh. I spent three. Yeah. Um. And or last, I mean, it's kind of weird to say last year, but mm-hmm. the 2021 December into yeah. March it was 2022, and then this year, November till end of January. Okay. Um. And I started realizing that 
the problems I'm trying to solve here are niche, like they're fringe problems. Mm. You get me? It might make work out and there's people who want it. Mm. But back home, there's different, like there's much more of a, a need for primary services, like primary things. Mm. So sending, receiving money. The, yep. the, the basic, the essential. basics. Yeah, yep. sending, receiving, storing money. Mm. Right yeah. now, they're not there. Your money's losing value. So mm. anyway, we decided to kind of pivot and now the team is building like we have two things so one is a global market for mm-hmm. surf club which is the avocado side and then mm-hmm. the other one is called surf club and it's weird because you'd be like why would you call it bank? <laughs> it's a new bank mm-hmm. so i want to kind of start off with enabling sending receiving and storing money first okay. and Lo- locally that. locally and yeah. internationally so okay. like say i'm in ghana and i want to pay for spotify yep how do i do it mm-hmm. i can do it with my debit card but there's so many things I can't, I can't participate in the global economy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how do I invest in global assets? In mm-hmm. Ghana right now, there's nothing really to do. Mm-hmm. Nigeria has some, right? Nigeria yeah. has some cool fintechs that are doing. And I was like, how does he differ from like Flutterwave? Yeah, so Flutterwave, I don't, I don't know if Flutterwave, Flutterwave is more of like a payments gateway, right? Okay. So we might use Flutterwave. So what ah, we're trying okay. to do is create a centralized bank yeah. that leverages some of these rails and okay. functionality and just allows you to send mobile money locally mm-hmm. to kind of like send, receive, and store money first. Okay. And okay. the next thing is investing, lending, mm-hmm. um, insurance, crypto. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. now we're taking it another layer. Okay. So we're trying to allow participation of like domestic Africans in the global economy mm-hmm. and then also allow diasporic Africans to engage back home. So mm-hmm. say I want to be able to buy real estate in mm-hmm. Ghana, or I want mm-hmm. to invest in a farm, yeah. or I want to own a house. Mm-hmm. Now there's different kind of funds that can, can work. So what are we gonna do? Enable your ability to send money back. Mm-hmm. Again, existing apps are there. So we can use them to, to move the money. To move the money. Yeah. And then over time, you kind of bridge this gap between these two groups that have a lot in common mm-hmm. yeah. that have a lot to offer each other and eventually say you you have a bunch of money that you're like okay i have 10k mm-hmm. it can become peer-to-peer lending mm-hmm. that you're you're funding some enterprises in in nigeria so mm-hmm. right now the broader vision is a neo bank for the continent yeah. yeah it's called surf club and then on the side i have avocado which is like on this side of like helping um digital like the digital generation with their money management mm-hmm. yeah but to do both is kind of hard. I'm more inspired about the African side of things because yeah. our continent is growing, problems are mag- magnifying, yeah. and the only people that will solve these things are people that have experienced it and can see the future. Mm. And I've seen it happen already in Latin America. There's a company called New Bank. Mm. You should look up, look them up. And New Bank. And New Bank. Okay. And I've the the founder is just amazing. Mm. And from his perspective, I see us replicating the same thing mm. or better. But for you know, African, but for African challenges. Yeah, exactly. That's um, when I'm evaluating ideas that I want to work on now. Mm. I've been using this um, Wikipedia mindset, mm. like something that is not just a flash in the pan, mm. something that becomes critical part of the how the economy works. Mm. Like even like Twitter, you know, it's 
kind of crappy right now. Yeah. But it still serves a purpose, which yes. is it's like a town hall oh, for, yeah. for where world. people if you are yeah. really deep and in Twitter, you know you people. know the value. Yeah. You understand the value. YouTube is YouTube it does. YouTube yeah. is part of the internet infrastructure right now. Yeah. yeah. So they're almost like monuments, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you're building, I don't know, infrastructure. And real yeah. infrastructure yeah. on the internet. Yeah. 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 And those are the ideas I start thinking of right now because yeah. no matter you could no matter the waves and circles that goes, yeah. those companies tend it's to insane. stay. Because look at Twitter, Twitter has not innovated. Like if you really look at no. them, it's yeah. not changed. No, the app the is same. the same. Yeah. And me, when I look at my loyalty, Instagram and all of them, I had waves, but yeah. Twitter has just been like, Consistent. I go there and share, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think about it's about time where like, basically value is not being robbed of like young Africans. Like Ghana, for example, 50% inflation ate away 50% of our value yeah, wow. in 2022. I went there and... Just one year? In one year. Oh, wow. yeah. We get 50%. COVID, 50%. Like, wow. it's nuts, you know? And the exchange rates are... So, the real, the real purpose is this. I find, like, young people are, are struggling to find purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reason why is, like, now everybody's focused on making money. Mm-hmm. So, you'll see a lot of people doing extreme stuff on socials just to get likes. Yep. Or just to get... Because they're optimizing for money. Mm-hmm. They are not able to optimize for a purpose because you have a primary need first, yeah. right? And so, short term need. So why don't we just build something that enables like a, a continent that is being eroded by inflation, mm-hmm. exchange rates is going to you know, mm-hmm. and help them start to also see a future there because mm-hmm. so everybody right now, if you ask them what's the African dream, at least in Ghana, is to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You get Nigeria, yeah. call it Japa. Japa, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's Japa everybody wants like, to run away. Run away. If you give people the option, like, yo, I'm going to give you a business in Ghana here today with, uh, let's say, 100K capital or mm. come to, or I'll pay for it to come here. I promise you, people, will, go. 80, 90% will take that. Yeah. Wow. Just Dude, sad. When I went to Nigeria, yeah. the cop, uh, they stopped us. I don't know why. They were trying to extort us. Yeah. Yeah, they stopped us and they were like, oh, what are you doing? And then my brother was like, oh, I, I know I have a business here. He, the guy was like giving them tough time. Mm. And then he asked me what, he was like, show your ID. Yeah. Then I gave so him Canada. my ID. Then he saw Canada. He's a cop. Yeah. He's supposed to be like one of the, you know, mm-hmm. guys in the guys the... of the economy. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh my God, you're from Canada. Oh, that's my dream country. Mm. Yeah. And then he became like a super fan. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, oh, no, no, I can't get anything from you. Like, just give me just your number. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Like, Meanwhile, here's a guy, a business owner in your I, own yeah, country. I, I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. You even see how he, he, to him, the value that he's had is that he has a connection yeah. in Canada. Yeah. As opposed to you need money, you give him. Not a business person. Don't give me. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I was like, okay, like this country is. Yeah. We are in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, and and honestly, the the opportunities on the continent are nuts. Like Mm -hmm. when it takes you coming here a bit, then you go back and you're like, okay, I can just have something. Like there's all low hanging fruit. Oh yeah. But also, like the the mentality, like the user, it's it's not easy to it's not easy to you know. Start things off, but if you get started and you go like look at Flutterwave, I mean they solved a solid niche, right? Mm-hmm. And Shipper Cash Camp, and I, my thing is all those guys are solving the very very basic, like yeah, the, the, the beginning the, infrastructure, infra, yeah. you know, Cisco's and the IBM's yes. of yeah, yeah, yeah. great. Mm-hmm. But now I want to add value on top of that, yeah. right? And enable it so that somebody can wake up and as a business, I'm I'm not trying to like. My cost is not increasing dramatically. I can't. I can't plan around that. Yeah. I can just have my money in either some 
U.S. treasuries. Yeah. Right. Because guess what? Like, I, I can even just hold U.S. treasuries yeah. on an app. Yeah. And when I convert it back to cities at the you, time I need it, I've made won. money. You would have won. Made, yeah. yeah. Imagine you did that when the 50% inflation thing oh, happened. You, you, you just held it through that wave. Look, you know? Ghana's econ- currency actually actually raised to be one to one with the US dollar in two thousand and eight. Yeah, right yeah. now it's one to twelve. So wow. just imagine if you were a millionaire back then yeah. in cities and in USD, yep. it was one to one. If you said, "Oh, let me convert my money to US dollars yeah. at the time," yeah. today you'll be twelve millions. Yeah. Like, just think about that. And yeah. then the flip is true too. So yeah. if you held your money in a million cities right now, you have less than a hundred k. Yeah of usd yeah so So there's a big problem there and inflation is literally affecting a lot Mm -hmm. and we can't really dream Mm -hmm. and most of these economies is because they've solved the scarcity like the basics of it so it allows people to start to do things take risk grow the economy right Mm -hmm. and i mean even though sometimes my fear is that like you start to introduce debt into a situation and i mean i use that start of 60,000 people have like a thousand bucks. Yeah. What the average net worth is at 30 in Canada? Average net at worth at 30? 30? <sighs> guess. What's your guess? 20k. <laughs> 20k? Yeah. 30 years old. Mm, I'm gonna say 50k. I'm gonna be wow. generous. I'm gonna be you guys generous. Are really doing well. Yeah. <laughs> Minus 27k. Minus, Minus 27. 27. Uh, because of school, no? Yeah, I mean, yeah. school, school oh, is yeah, there, but also, also like consumer debt. Consumer debt. Uh, yeah, people are really. So. I mean, that's my question. I was asking. I was asking this question. I was like, man, is it actually a good thing to to introduce like this sort of debt, system? Debt debt, you know, into yeah. it's a very, very like. Are you going to be part of a broader systemic? And the the issue becomes people need to solve stuff. So are you yeah. are you if you don't do it, someone will. So yeah, are you yeah. facilitating? Yeah. It's ideological. I always struggle with it, but yeah. at some point, maybe there's lessons we learn from the West yeah. and put some more guidelines around. Yeah, we don't have to repeat the exact, exact. same mistake. We, we can't. We, yeah. we can't because people are different. Yeah. The society is different. Yeah. The technology we have right now is different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, yeah, we can. The beauty we have, we, well, we have the disadvantage. We are so far behind. Mm. But the advantage we have is we don't have to catch up. But we can, we can skip, skip. We can steps. skip things like yeah. like mobile peer to peer sending. Yeah, is a big thing back home. Mempesa back home. Yeah, huge. But like we skipped kind of like the the landline phone yeah. and blah blah blah. Now it's like internet to your phone. Do people Street. pay? You know? Did so people pay for that. things with airtime? Yeah, I yeah, didn't realize yeah, that until yeah, yeah. I went home. Yeah. I was yeah. like, what do you mean you send me it's airtime? Like yeah. Yeah. It's, it's basically like having a debit card. Yeah. You've got your bank account on your phone. Yeah. You can just send and you can get, you get one. It. And that's a skip because yeah. in, in some ways, um, back home, we're more ahead in terms of like the peer-to-peer sending. Yeah. Like Interact, we take that for granted for like email transfers between us mm-hmm. in Canada. But in the US, Cash App was like, an innovation yeah it was like a big step yeah. Yeah. but back home we already got, got it on the it. phone yeah, and we we're using Mpesa to send it yeah so that's like true. Could, there's yeah. opportunities to skip, skip steps skip stuff. but i i really like what you mentioned about debt as well because i think part of the like the housing crisis that we have here is because we can borrow money to do something like buy a house that means that like the cost of the house can keep going up and up and up because mm. people can quote unquote afford, afford it, it by borrowing the money to go do it. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we should try and redo oh, that. I, I don't think we should, but I think there's a part 
of back home where we're losing out on stuff. So say mm. everybody buys things cash. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not an efficient use of cash. I used to think it was so smart. Yeah. It was oh, so smart. no, it's terrible. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, <laughs> but like people have so much, I was telling my dad, like imagine how much value is in this house that you cannot use for it, for like, yeah, for stuff. Yeah. You, you basically cannot, you know? Why not? It's tied up. It's tied up. But yeah. if you had, if you had a way where you could take a home equity line of credit yep. against the value of the house, the house is appreciating anyway because... Yep. Population is growing. Demand for this is growing. Yes. So say the house is worth 100K today yeah. and you pull out 50K against this house. Yeah. Yeah. In 10 years, the house is worth 150K. Yeah. If you sell the house, it pays, off, it pays off the, the money you've pulled out and you could have used that 50K to start another venture. Yeah. Yeah. That's what people do here. It's like you, nobody's even fully paying off their mortgage. Yeah. They pay it off. It gets to a point and they pull out money against it. Yeah. Yeah. Moves the thing up a bit. The, yeah. And they are just forever in this cycle. Yeah. Why? It, it, so it's like you're unlocking the economy a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, but us, we're so level one. Like we are first order, right? Yeah. Like arbitrage, buy low, sell high. Mm. You can't do yeah. anything. There's no like second order derivative like yeah, financial no, instruments no leverage, leverage. Yeah. like nobody's understanding what and i think that's another thing we always say we see on the deck it's like we want to enable africans to participate in the global economy but we also want them to understand and appreciate and benefit from um leverage and compounding yeah which it's not a concept you how many people do i know who actually have <laughs> Like investments, yeah. most people are buying government bonds, and yes. guess what? In Ghana, they failed last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. what happens? So, I think there's a big opportunity. Then I feel like it takes people like us, and also people on the ground listening to those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes we go back and we have these big ideas, and we don't listen to the person that yeah, the market woman is telling you. Yeah. You, the market you fit, know, man, you need it. <laughs> you need you, you need, need somebody fit. telling you like, okay, I would use this thing, mm-hmm. but then they are also using it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's not the same. I like users yeah. will give you so much feedback. No, you want to. Yeah. They are so they are challenging. If you're building something from the lens of someone in North America, mm. you will fail so much. That's yeah. why I like that you are going home. Mm. You need to because there's so much different challenges. Like I'll give. I don't know about Ghana, but mm. you have better electricity in Ghana. Mm. Nigeria electricity is a challenge. Yeah. Mm. So if you're trying to make something same that is fully electronic, electric, elect, you know, electricity a is a problem. problem. Yeah. Yeah. People are using phones that are like ten years old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. USSD has, has to be in your strategy. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. can't have all that. Things yeah. can't be like. Can't be huge and it's. No, you can't take so much yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> download, I know, right? Yeah. One one download, then they have to get more. Bundle. <laughs> you know yeah. no man doesn't make sense it's wild but yeah. i think i think that all i'll say at the end is like there's a there's opportunity home mm. and i personally think when we come here sometimes we get a bit comfortable and we get this into this like i can just live here grow like live my life yeah but i always say when i look at most other econ- like immigrant groups their home is also still developing mm-hmm. so yeah. if you look at like asians or like um southeast asians right or europeans like there's still things going on there but us like people come in it's very individual and i want it to be like where there's a wave of us that like focus on home in some segment you don't need to do everything we pick your vertical and you help improve you're speaking our language right now yeah yeah because i enjoyed when you mentioned that your mission you've driven what we're doing right now it, this is mission mm. like i mentioned my mission is to improve inclusion mm. uh, it's cause the reason for that is i want to be back home in the midst of the startup economy and be mm-hmm. solving things mm. yeah. but i can't 
I know that that's not my highest leverage right now. My highest leverage is to be here. But at the same time, I have to find a way to, you know, what can I do? Like, empower people who Mm. can be closer to home or even someone who is home listening. They can get some of this foreign gems. Yeah, Yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, foreign gems. They can get some of this foreign gems from us. So, so you know what I mean? So, it's all, it's like they're hanging out with us, right? They might be back home, but they... Yeah. They get to you open those lines of yeah. communication. Yeah, we, yeah. We connect the bridges. Yeah, even yeah. down to the branding. Like um, we're using black and yellow oh, today. Okay. And if you go to Lagos, first you get out of the airport. What do you see everywhere? There's black, like, yellow, lights, black and yellow those. buses, taxis, oh, okay, okay, autos. Okay. Everything okay. is black and yellow. That's the symbol. Oh, okay, of, okay. That's the symbol of Lagos, and yeah. uh, that's right in the middle of the Tanzania flag that's as well. Oh, flag. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's a way to just keep us rooted. Yeah. Like, that's what we do it for. No matter how this evolves, yeah. the it's mission so remains the same. It yeah. is to connect us back yeah. to our roots. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's necessary. You need those symbols to, like... We have a lot in our culture too that we can offer to mm. the world, yeah. you know, and I, I think people are starting to see it with TikTok and all of that, but yeah. I think it, we're responsible for that. And, I mean... I don't like to put anybody else's mission, but me personally, mm. I keep saying like my dad was kind of a little wrong with that whole like president thing. Yeah. Mine is the impact. Like yeah. I know that I won't be satisfied just having this tech role and slowly like kind of mm. working my way, director, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I have to actually change and I like my life vision, yeah. my life mission is fully help a hundred people move from extreme poverty into at least upper middle income status. That's yeah. so and hope that ten so of them will, re- will, re- will, re- will repeat the same cycle. I if like I achieve it. that, wow. I've done what I need to do. Yep. And like I mean, the goal is to do more, but minimum the lower bound of that is a hundred, and then hopefully ten of them will do it, and then that will lead to a ripple effect. Because if ten do it for one person, that's a hundred, right? Do you yeah. get me? Or no, ten. I don't know if, if ten do it. For ten people, yeah. Like, it needs exponential. To get exponential. Yeah, yeah. 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 It doesn't matter the how now. Mm. Yeah. You can try a lot of different things. It could be through the app that you mm-hmm. you know you enable people. It could be through doing lectures back home that yeah, you exactly. enable people. The how doesn't really matter, but you have the mission of like this is the impact that mm-hmm. I want to have, and it's very measurable. Yeah, yeah. and I, I really like that. That's a really yeah. cool, in our a cool intro uh, episode. I mentioned that to Mark. Like mm-hmm. values, principles, missions, uh, they are very important to have, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think um, a lot of people will benefit from that. For me, I. Like I said, I think I told Mark, everything I did was not working yeah. when I didn't have those things in place. Yeah. I was just creating stupid ideas that made no yeah. sense. Yeah. They, in, in, in theory, they, they were do. great. Yeah. Yeah. But some of them were harder than some of the things I do today. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I would create an app for like six months. It yeah. was, in theory, it was it genius. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it wasn't solving anyone's problems. problems. Yeah. It was not based on reality. It wasn't based yeah. on real mission, real problems to solving. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so anytime I meet people who are mission driven, uh, it's, yeah. It, yeah, it amazes me. So question for you about the mission and about, you know, what you've been doing so far. Where do you see AI enabling your mission in a way forward because I feel like there's maybe an opportunity there from a leverage perspective. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear from you a little bit. Yeah, so when we were, I was talking about the first parts of the idea, which is like around like budgets and 
tailoring them. That was what it was. It was going to be AI-based, yeah. you know, using the power of AI to do this. Um, but I think, like I said, it's more primary. More primarily, there's there's more impact you can have there. So hope the hope is, like, in the first bit is to basically connect everything, right? To just bring in all those existing solutions into, like, a place that people can do their mobile money. They can kind of send international. They can have, like, a visa visa card that allows them to interact with the world yeah. and then for the layer two things now it's kind of highly personalized so oh now i can send receive money and i can store money on this app yeah. great now i want to what's next yeah so if i say what my goals are clearly right and if i say what my um like if the if the algorithm can start to see certain things that are going on with me and give me analytics and yeah. kind of start to suggest if you did this, like you can start to do some scenario analysis yep. and simulation. So there's a part there here where we want to kind of embed um, AI into core functions. We don't want to overdo it though. Because yep. I find like sometimes to start off, I think right now it's a buzzword, right? Like so many people are just yeah. around it. And I think people are even confusing like natural language processing with AI. Like everybody yeah, thinks everybody like chatbot is AI in somewhere. somewhere yeah. there, you know, and the question is even what is AI? Because yeah. if say I ask chat GPT to make like to write a book or something for me, mm-hmm. right? Does that output of, of the thing like because now say it writes it for me and I write an article. Yep. Can I say, oh I wrote like the article has AI in it because mm. the yeah, you know, I see what like, you're saying. Is the yeah. artifact is it, is it powered itself? powered by AI as a result? Is it, yeah. Is this yeah. an AI thing, the fact that I wrote an article? Because I could have a blog about whatever mm-hmm. and use AI to help write it. That doesn't make me an AI, AI company. Exactly. They're <laughs> just using... So it's the tool. So I think there will be certain core things that we want to embed, like basically the recommendation part of things. Thank you. Um, and I think ultimately you get to a point of... Um, these things will help with the personalization. These things will help with focusing on what are you really trying to solve? You personally, what do you want? And then like from there, once we've already captured the basics, it starts to become like, okay, let's take it to the layer two. And that's what people said on my on my app when I went home. A lot of people said, this app is great. Like I, I'll show you after the um, like the episode, but they're like, wow, you, you build this app and all my developers are home. Yeah. Like wow. everybody, my whole team is essentially there. And then yeah. it's also some people here of like, got some people from Visa, Monzo, um, Echo Bank yeah. back home. And it's like most of the people are tied back home, but all my development team is there. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you guys could create this. Yeah. But the feedback I got, unfortunately, was it's too advanced for today. Like mm. people don't need this today. Mm-hmm. Right. And eventually, so I can still have it on there as like a, Use it for free. Right. Do you get me? Use yeah. it for like a discovery and like allowing people to uh, like acquiring customers as a free perk. Mm. Yep. And then eventually when the economy gets to the point of embracing that kind of personalization where we have a bit more mature financial markets, mm. then it's like, okay, cool. Poof. Wealth management on, on like right. steroids and doing it for you, like automated. Yep. Right. So just want to kind of focus on the core things, allowing reliable sending, receiving money, and then eventually we'll go into the layer two side of it and really start to add value there. And then, you know, we'll see, we'll see what the market asks for, right? Because it's feedback loops. What do you, what, what do you have as an ask for, for the audience? Say since people are interested, you know, in the, 
in the app if they want to hear more about it do you want them to just like follow your journey so far right now do you looking for people to test out the app what are you thinking so yeah so i mean we've pivoted a bit and so because of that like um the app we, we pulled it from the app store actually so okay. it's all in the test flight but i could say you can go to surfclub.ai yep. and sign up onto our landing page once we're actually ready to launch we'll, the first i think 100 200 people on there so right now i think we're already much we might increase the, yeah. the thing but if we'll, we'll open it up to a like cohorts of beta testers right and yep. if you're on there you might get like the first year yeah free yeah um we, we we plan on trying to make the app itself free and then the monetization will be through other okay. means but other means yeah like transaction fees and whatnot but more so we don't we want to enable that first yeah see how people are really working with it and then from there you know pricing will come later but yeah, yeah that's surfclub.ai okay i love it man oh. thank you for sharing that with us thank you for being so open about it as well and taking us through the journey of like how you pivoted in and out of mm. you know the various ideas that you had so far in the journey to surf club i think it's important for people to understand you know you don't just have an idea mm. and then it becomes reality the next day like you this refinements and even now you're like close to you know what you're going to build but then you realize okay maybe the app is doing a little bit too much at the moment yeah going for that actual product market fit then yeah, then, yeah. and it's great to have met both of you because you're also like potential users of the app right like uh, you're yeah, literally yeah. target market you know? <laughs> and it'll be great to kind of get that feedback get you're also in tech so you can kind of give honest and yeah. i think that's another thing again audience be open to honest feedback <laughs> yeah. yeah don't take it's, anything personal don't yeah. take it so personal feedback right? is always a gift that's yeah. the, i learned that when i worked at aorca uh, oh. we used to in our feedback channel yeah we had a gift emoji we just yeah. add that and that that was just stuck mm, in my head. I yeah. started seeing feedback as a gift. Like, yeah. No matter how bad the feedback is, this mm. app sucks. Cool. Yeah. Why does it suck? Yeah. Why don't you like about it? Why do you feel that way? Why do you feel so aggressively about yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, what about they, they said, you know, a user who complains is a user who wants to stay. He cares. Yeah. A user cares. who doesn't complain would not, would they, those are no, the ones that you should be afraid of. Yeah. yeah. Like exactly, they just right. slowly stop using your app and they're gone. And then they're the ones who complain, they want to stay. Yeah, they give want me you a to reason. Know. Yeah, yeah, give yeah. me a reason to stay. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a really good point. That's so, true. and I mean, the the thing I always worry about now is it's so easy to come up with a um, MVP. So I always say, if you if you also have an idea, mm. really put it out into the world because you'd be shocked. Maybe where you start from is not where you end. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, now it's really easy to launch those things. So, to to I'll say if you have an idea and you have a mission behind it. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you think, okay, like I need, I I need so much. So it doesn't really, it's not really going to be with ChatGPT two now. You don't even really need like heavy developers to get like a light yeah, version, version mm-hmm. going. Yep. You know, um, I still think you know. Obviously, you want to get a team together, but put out stuff into the world. Yep. Try, you know, especially when you're young, because once you start getting into like the later years and family and kids mm. like it's not easy it's to more risk it's a harder risk yeah. it's a harder oh, risk to take yeah yeah so do things that make you scared it doesn't work there's a lot more uh, like time for you to at least that's the one thing i said if i try all these things and it doesn't work at least i tried it and then like i can come back and you'll be shocked you, most of the ex-founders I know, they even go straight into director roles because you had to think about so many things yes. oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. like 
nobody else would have that experience set. is singular right yeah. yeah that experience goes up really really fast when you got to build your <laughs> own company start thinking about all sorts of things yo yeah. i'm telling you right now something that keeps me up on night like you'd be dating about like right now i have to file taxes we're incorporated in the states yeah i have to file taxes in the states okay well what company does this like how much <laughs> is it gonna cost yeah. you know and you're thinking about like just or just the product but there's marketing there's yep. sales there's yeah. like legal fees like privacy comp- like there's there's so many dimensions that you need to really mm-hmm. think about yeah. and like questions that you've built this whole product finish and now you come and say oh sorry you can't actually launch this because it's not it, it doesn't follow like you know legally it's not allowed yeah or like somebody has a patent like little things right yeah. like and i'm just saying you just need there's a lot to build yeah but it shouldn't stop you from trying yeah. right and then at least you get the answers and you start to map out the path yeah. to actually doing the thing that's why it's important to have that mission if you have that mission you will find ways to scale any mm. obstacle yeah. you would find yeah, ways right, around it but if yeah. you're idea driven yeah. once the idea fails yeah you're you're, you're, you've lost your yeah, money you lost okay money driven is the worst oh yeah. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah you can be you, that's true you can have a vision that yeah. you want to bring to the world as well yeah. so it's not always the mission yeah. sometimes yeah. you can have a vision as well yeah. so yeah. but you yeah. need something beyond yeah like i want to become a billionaire and this is the easiest <laughs> path yeah look like, my research director said one thing to me the other day he's like most researchers get paid really well right i know this guy that went he spent like 10 years building this app whatever and it took him 10 years and he, he got acquired by i think one of the big tech companies mm. and he was like when he finished because of dilution and all of that he roughly made it on the payout he roughly made probably like I don't know if it was like under a mill or something like that. Mm. He's like, in my time, I, like if you look at the kind of trajectory a typical director or researcher would go through, they would make that money just being an employee. Yeah. With with less risk and with less, less headache. With less stress. You know? <laughs> yep. So it's like, the question is, what are you doing? For? Are you risk averse? Are you not risk averse? Mm-hmm. Are you like, you know what I mean? And it was something that I really, so he's like, if you have a reason to do it, mm. then it has to be beyond you. But if not, like a lot of people always bash nine to five. And I'm like, yeah, no, and it can be pretty good. Nine to five can be really yeah. good. You yeah, know, like yeah. everybody's just out here, go, you need to be an entrepreneur for yourself. No. no. Our life is not easy. You're you know? doing you're doing what I'm doing too. The Barbell, I call it Barbell Principle. Mm. Uh, if you've ever read this book, Anti-Fragile. Mm. Yeah. I've heard of it, but I haven't heard Yeah, Anti-Fragile. Oh. Um, yeah, anyways, the book that's one of the concepts mm. like always protect yourself against uh, a risk that would shatter you yeah. that's all that would like, completely so you ruin you yeah. yeah so if yeah. you keep your nine to five and you're trying different business ideas if they fail you are anti-fragile yeah you're still you're yeah. not in debt you're not you know yeah. what i mean yeah. you're still moving forward you're failing forward, forward yeah. yeah but if you if you follow prescribe to the advice that oh you if you're <laughs> not quit everything yeah you have to quit everything <laughs> i did that before and i I would never do it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Like, I also started taking advice from people that have done it. Yeah. But yeah. also listening to, like, you listen to general advice, but be very, very handpicky of your opinions because right. as people are just mirroring or reflecting their own insecurities on, on yep. us daily, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Somebody, oh, why would you do this? Like, New Bank founder, for example, he always talks about how, like, when he started doing it, they were telling him, oh, all the all the banks in in what do you call it argentina like so new bank is across all of latin america by yeah the way. okay yeah. and it's a big it's like the most successful fintech in the world mm. and i mean maybe second to strike but in latin america at least yeah. 
he was successful in your bank for sure. And he says when he was asking, all it was was people conforming and fear. Mm-hmm. Like they would be like, oh, these families will come after you or... Mm-hmm. Oh. But he just started hearing it. He was like, those are not like reasons. Like you're not giving me any like material. It's just like, okay, well, they're incumbents. Mm-hmm. Okay, they need to be disrupted. Yep. And they'll come from my family. I don't really live in Brazil. I don't live in Argentina. <laughs> like I, I'm in and out of the States. Eh? So, uh, you know, my family is, is pretty fine where they are in Colombia, which was where I think he's from. So yeah. it was just like, okay, well, I'm still going to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And he did it. I look at him now. Right. Yeah. So you got to really look at okay, what is the risk? What's the reward? Yeah. And then you ask yourself those real questions yeah. and you try and get mentors that actually like have that vision and you know like people will give you their opinions and sometimes you want to take which one but yeah. think with a grain of salt i think that's my yeah. so many good nuggets in this episode <laughs> you guys are very very lucky for our first get you have set the bar incredibly oh. i don't know how we're gonna get other guests to even compete at the level. <laughs> a lot of people, I, think right? you, I think you dropped some incredible gems i'm gonna go like i'm looking forward to editing this episode right? oh, so, yeah, so i can listen back again and just like yeah. really take everything in um, I just want to say I appreciate you taking the time to, to do this. Yeah, I yeah, really enjoyed myself. Thanks for having so, me. Thanks for having yeah. me. I think we need more of these conversations. Like, yeah. at one point when we were doing our podcast, we actually started doing something called the Level Up series. Yeah. And we started inviting people to, to come and talk. And I think those were the things that we need to hear. But those ones were kind of struggling because we wanted to hear about, you know, relationships. And it's like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah some, some, some people just want to be entertained, right? It's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, the balance but, that you need to strike. But I find like these episodes, and I'll say shout outs to both of you because it's hard to start something like this. I find like there's a lot of noise in the podcast space. Yeah. And it's always good to get like a refreshing one that you can put up and listen and be like, okay, this is something I can apply to myself. I could pull out three things out of that that right. inspire me. And yeah. then, you know, like this is good to do. So. Yeah keep at it you know and then release launches too so we can all be uh, like inspired and learn learn a lot from from your 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 journeys and you know, your ideas as well so appreciate that yeah man. it's yeah. you know that in twitter they talk about building public yeah. so this is our way to learn in public you know mm-hmm. yeah. we share our journey and we just we, we figure it out <laughs> yeah just as a reiteration where can people follow your journey you know drop drop your (laughs) plug it plug it bro okay okay so on my on my i think twitter you can get me at um nene emazu or nene mazu right it's all one one word yeah right on for my twitter um linkedin i'm very selective nowadays you know but (laughs) if if you you speak to me well i mean we'll see so linkedin is nene azu um that's my linkedin Look for the Borealis AI person yeah. or surf clubs in my bio as well. Um, yeah, those are the main two. And then I think if you want to follow the surf club journey, um, riding the wave to financial freedom. Yeah, definitely sign up for on our um, waiting list. Um, and that is surfclub.ai. So... Yeah, looking forward to hearing feedback as well, like on 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 the page. Our surf club, um, um, I think our surf club Twitter is also surf club finance at surf surf clubs finance. So you can follow that. It's been like a bit iffy. Post a couple of days, like you know, and then don't post for like two weeks. But you know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's tough to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. Startup things. Yeah. Yeah, if you're. 
decide to you know go down the content route there is a blue ocean for the market that you're trying to address for seo mm, yeah. i haven't okay. done any keyword research or anything but just knowing mm. what content exists yeah. you yeah you have a lot of opportunities mm. to dominate that space because yeah. our, our people and by our people i don't mean just blacks no. uh people from that are not from the western society mm. there's a lot we have to learn about money mm. all, of, all so, of you foreign gems out there all the foreign gems. i'm telling you yeah no that's amazing yeah and i mean this way like your expertise too i'll be leaning on both of you i think that's one thing we our community doesn't do like we don't actually come together and leverage each other's expertise to kind of apply yeah. to solving problems like yeah. we do it like everybody wants to do things by themselves yeah and there's enough for everyone to win you know, yeah there is abundant the mindset is huge, yeah right? the kick is huge yeah. chaos gotta but you know someone said if you want to do things fast go alone but if you want to go far go yeah. together go so together. yeah 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 we'll definitely have you again you know yeah. for another ai stuff uh, yeah. i was telling mark uh yesterday that I have a feeling that AI will be a recurring topic because yeah. we, we just opened, it's like we went into this door, we just can't go back anymore. Oh, yeah. And I, I think <laughs> the day that works. happened was November 30th, 2022, Chagibiti. the day ChatGPT launched. Yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. that, there were things, but that was when we got into this new world that we're yeah. not going back anymore. Yeah. So uh, there will be a lot of discussions around that for sure. So hopefully yeah, we can come back and we'll talk about that. You know, no, for sure, for sure. And even outside of the podcast, we'll definitely be catching up because oh, yeah. I think sometimes too you got to keep this energy around you just yep. to kind of keep going yeah Vancouver is already gloomy as is right? <laughs> yeah. exactly right man yeah let's find a yellow <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. the yellow is in Ghanaian flag too yeah it so is, it is. It is. <laughs> even a black star is in the yeah, middle a black you know? star, oh yeah you got yeah. black stars too yeah. so there yeah. we go green on either side eh? I think it's red gold green and then red a black gold. star in the middle yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, once again, thank you very much, Nina. Yeah. And uh, we'll bring you back for another episode for sure. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. And that was Foreign Gems. All right, see you next time. We don't have any uh, outro catchphrase yet. Outro <laughs> <laughs> Viewed in public. <laughs>